0: Hello and welcome to another weekly podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. If you're in the Mankato area, join us every Sunday morning at 10.15 a.m. If you'd like to learn more, visit us at MankatoHilltop.org. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to pick up right where we left off in verse 13. Yesterday, or last week, we ended in verse 12. So here we go. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 13. This is Jesus speaking to the crowd at the Sermon on the Mount. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will know them by their fruits. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Holy Scripture. Well, some of you might have already seen this uh, yesterday. Julie and I went on a little bit of a canoeing adventure. If you are online and follow her on social media, I've already heard from you. Oh, you saw your pictures. We were canoeing the Blue Earth River yesterday. So here's a picture of us at Rapidan right as you start, you know, just below the dam. Maybe many of you have done this before. You've gotten your canoe or your kayak put in at Rapidan and I don't know, you can go all the way to the Minnesota and right through town. We just went to the the County Road 90 bridge and got out there. It was nine miles, that was enough. (laughs) There's lots of fun things to explore along the river if you're familiar with that, Uh, several waterfalls. But one in particular that was, I was really excited to see, and it made me think of our scripture that we were working on, and that's Devil's Gulch. Now, Devil's Gulch is along the river, and it's a spot where where the runoff comes, there's a waterfall, and it's created this narrow passageway that's dry most of the season, but really it's wet, like in the springtime and when there's runoff. And you know all about this, because Mankato is filled with how many ravines? Like a million? (laughs) So when it rains, all the water goes into the ravine. But Devil's Gulch has carved for centuries this pathway through out to the Blue Earth River. And it's just barely big enough to walk through. So you can kind of squeeze your way right through there a little bit, which is why it's called Devil's Gulch. You can just barely make your way through it. You can walk through it, no problem. Although I wouldn't want to be walking through there when there's runoff happening. And it's, you know, four or five feet of water just gushing through that. I don't know if you've ever seen something like that before, but there you go. You can go out on the Blue Earth River. You can pull off your canoe right there and go up into the Devil's Gulch and have some fun. I was thinking about that because of Jesus' saying, the narrow way, the narrow path. I wonder how many people find this. Now, if you're an avid canoeer, you know it's there. But if you're just going down the river, you would never see it. You wouldn't even know it's there. You could just keep on canoeing down the river because it's not visible from the river. You actually have to park and then go out behind something and then it leads you down this path to the devil's goat. So I think a lot of people just go right by it, not even knowing it's there. And when I was thinking about this, what this meant to follow on this narrow gate that Jesus is talking about and thinking about how we just walked this narrow path yesterday, I thought, you know, the narrow gate for sure is Jesus. I mean, that's what he's trying to say, like follow me, I'm the narrow way, the narrow path, or follow these ministries or teachings that I'm telling you, those are the narrow way, the narrow path. But then I thought, It also makes sense that this gate would be us, the church, here, this place. Not everyone finds a church. Not everyone finds Jesus Christ at the church. That's our goal each and every Sunday. That's our goal every time we come together. That when you come here to this place, somehow you meet Jesus in a very real spiritual way. Every Sunday, that's why we do what we do. When you come and you sing, when you come and lead liturgy, when we have this moment together of baptism, we are coming here saying, Jesus, I'm looking for you. I need you in my life. Where can I find you? Can I find you here? Can I find you in the people of this congregation? Can I find you in the actions and mission and ministry of this church? Can I find you in the places and faces that I see? I think there's, you know, a lot of people on a July morning that probably just go right by the church. Or maybe don't even think about it. Busy, things going on, got to get to fun days, got to get those mini donuts, whatever. Those aren't necessarily bad. I don't mean that in a negative way. It's not like one is bad and one is good. But like we just maybe don't even think about it. I think that was what Jesus was kind of getting at here. Is like, there's a narrow way through this world it can be hard to find it. We can cover it up with the bushes. It can, be, it can be really hard because we can just go through life without really thinking, without really any discernment, without really understanding what's, what God is up to in our world. And then we get to this thing about fruit. Now, fruit seems to be a metaphor that Jesus is talking about for our actions, you will know them by their fruit, is what he says. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, well, can a bad tree produce good fruit? Or can a good tree produce bad fruit? This agricultural metaphor, which would have been uh, so easy for his, the people of his day to understand. And it's easy for, enough for us to understand too, isn't it? The disciples, the people following Jesus, the people who are going through the narrow gate, are then called to bear good fruit. Or we're called to have good fruit good actions, right? That's what the fruit is, our actions. However, there's a temptation here to be saved by what we do. We're not saved by our actions. Our actions are a reflection of the life we have once we enter through the narrow gate. That's why we need good actions to bear good fruit in our lives and to live these out. But we can't take credit for those, really, truly. They're God's actions moving in and through us. That's the whole point. It's only then that they are truly good. When we try to take control of the actions of our life, when we try to say, you know what, I'm in charge. I'm going to work hard at being good. Then that kind of flies in the face of grace. And the emphasis when we do that is not on God. The emphasis is on us. Here's the thing. To me, that's the wide way. The wide way to us is when we just focus on us. Put God on the back seat. Don't really think about God. We focus on our actions and making that happen. In fact, I think if we were to ask most people, including me, all of us here, people outside the church, in the church, everything, if we were to ask, you know, um, uh, are you a good person? I think we'd all be like, that's right I'm a good person how did you know I love doing good things in this world don't I we like to think we're good and we are we have elements of goodness for sure but then we also like to take credit for it don't we look at how good I am versus giving that credit to God the source of all goodness The classic way of doing things in our world is look at me, look what I can do, look how good I am, which is also this wide road, but our actions continually tend to muck things up. If we were all as good as we thought we were, why do we have so many problems in this world? I mean, we're all good, right? We're all good. Well, why is there political polarization? It's just good people being good really? That was, I'm being sarcastic a little bit. (laughs) Why would we have countries going to war like we do right now in the Ukraine and in other places on other continents? We would be able to solve every single family problem, wouldn't we? We're just really good. There's absolutely no dysfunction. I know. And your, your family has no dysfunction. It's those other families I'm talking about, right? Not yours, just the other ones. We all like to think we're great, and in many ways, I want to say, you are. You are great. You were created in the image of God. He has loved you from the very moment before you were born, just as he loved baby Carter from the moment he was conceived, just as he loves each and every one of us. However, if we stay right there, we're not hearing the full story. We're not getting the full human experience. Because yes, while we are good, yes, while we are created in the image of God, and yes, while we are capable of doing good, we also tend to make a mess of things. So if we're so good, then why is the world so messed up? Let me put it a different way. If we're so good, then why do we mess up? Well, that's because blame is also one of those wide road characteristics. It's them. They're the bad ones. I'm good, it's them. Pick whoever that is. You know, blame whoever you wanna blame. Blame a political party, blame a family member. Blame someone else. Just don't look at yourself. See, that's the wide road, isn't it? Oh my gosh, we have like a highway of that right now in our world, in our country. It's like everybody's blaming everybody else. It's this, buddy, it's this person's fault because of this thing that happened and it's the, you know the Supreme Court this and this political party that. And we're just constantly just like blaming everybody else. We're just like traveling down the wide highway. It's like 25 lanes and everybody's going above the speed limit just down that wide road. That's the easy way Just get on the highway. Pick your party you want to blame or pick your person or whatever. And guess where Jesus is the whole time? Not on that road. Not in that car. He's kind of like, you want to park the car for a minute? And we're going to travel down this little like dirt path. It's really hard to find. You're going to miss it because you're blazing down the highway right now. You're going to miss it. It's a narrow way. It's a narrow gate. But this is the way that truly leads to life. The hard road, the narrow gate, is basically saying, Jesus, I can't do this without you. I need you. I need your grace. I need you moment by moment in my life. Can you please guide me through this? That is a narrow gate. To pray that prayer, to say that in our heart, that is the narrow way. And here's the thing about the narrow gate. It's not just one. Jesus doesn't give us multiple gates in the story. But I don't know about you, but it's not like I just one day say, okay, Jesus, I need your love. I need your grace. I'll enter through this narrow gate, this narrow gate, and then everything is fine. I don't know about you, but for me, that doesn't work that way. I reach that narrow gate, but then I'm like, I hear the highway. Oh, I want to blame somebody for something else and we can just easily jump right back on that highway. So here again, to me, I just love the idea of thinking of the gate like church, like this place. We're probably .007% of the population of Mankato today. I don't know, it's minimal. You know, Mankato's a big town. We're, what, 100 people here, or whatever, 90 people. That's a pretty small percentage of the people. I hope for all of us here today, We're here to say, you know what? It's been a hard week. I have experienced what you're talking about. Maybe I've been traveling on that highway a little bit because it's fun and easy, blaming everybody else. And I need to find that narrow path again. I need to find that narrow path. Jesus, can you help me? Can you help me find that narrow path? I know for me, that's one of the reasons I go to church. If I don't, I just love cruising on the highway, the wide lane road. We would think that this knowledge would be easy. However, when we go through the narrow gates in life, Jesus also warns us about the wolves, how easy they are to spot. Beware of the false prophets who come in sheep's clothing but are inwardly ravenous wolves. What does he mean by that? See, there are those who dress up our actions with church language. They don't make it about God, they make it about us. Or they make it about that political party. Or they make it about that specific leader. Or they make it about something other than God. And they'll use words and language. From the church. But they don't make it about God. They make it about a person or a party or something like that. I believe that's really true. It's not, And I'm not just talking about like one political party. Anyone is guilty of this. Anyone can be guilty of this. Speaking church things while putting the focus on us or on me or on the leader or on a specific... The moment that happens in a church, it can be the pastor. It can be the pastor. Follow me rather than follow Christ. See how easily that switch can be made? Follow this person who gives the most money rather than following Christ. It really can be a slippery slope there, and we have to be very careful. I have to tell you right now, I've said this before. You've heard me say this, and I need to say it again. This is one of the reasons why Christian nationals get it so wrong. The emphasis is not on Jesus. It's on a nation, or it's on a party, or it's on an issue, and not on Christ. Friends, the only way for any church, this church, our church, to stand the test of time, to go for 150 years and 150 years more, to grow and reach new people, to carry out service to the poor, to be in mission and ministry, is to remain in the hands of the Holy Spirit, to remain in the hands of Jesus Christ, our Savior, working through, to follow that narrow way, to enter in through that narrow gate. The moment it doesn't become about Jesus, that's the moment everything else doesn't matter, and the church is on the road to decline, or maybe they're on the wide highway. So I like this idea of the gate being God's presence here at church as the way we enter into this narrow gate. When you came in this morning and you entered into those two doors, I thought about making them small just to remind us that we're entering in the narrow way today. We're seeking this narrow way of Christ together. There are people with us on this journey. Look around. We're here together. We're here to help you. We're here to help Carter to help him follow that narrow way, because it's not easy. They all made a promise. You know that, right? You said the words on the screen. You made a we pro- They made a promise to Carter to help him find the narrow way. Why would they need to make that promise? Because the way can be hard. We got a lot of people in here that know that experience. They've traveled that hard road. They've stumbled and fallen, but Jesus was there to pick them up and to dust them off and get them on the right way again. So I love this idea of the gate being God's presence here at church. Another way that each and every week, I come here to enter into that narrow way, to travel that really narrow path that can be treacherous, but actually leads to something really amazing, this amazing place. And here's the thing. It's so much easier to just stay home. Stay home, open up my social media, and rant a little bit. You ever done that before? Just think in my mind, I'm a pretty good person. Everything's going well. And just coast. There's the wide gate right there. Here's the thing. Wolves make it easy and not very demanding. And specifically, they make it about each of us rather than God. What we do rather than what God does. For us, now I had a wonderful experience of grace just this week. We had a wonderful experience of grace just this morning in this baptism. I got to meet the new pastor at Centenary United Methodist Church, Roger Wolsey, and he just started a couple of weeks ago. I've known Roger for some time, but he's been a pastor out in Colorado. And Roger and I went to a lunch meeting this week, and we were sitting there and we were discussing ministry. Anna saw us. We were walking by. She took a picture of us when we were walking by, (laughs) and. As we were eating lunch, we were discussing ministry topics and we were discussing just how hard it was and how challenging ministry can be and all the challenges of of what I'm telling you today. And then just like a moment of grace showed right up. We're getting ready to pay the bill and the lady said, oh, it's already been taken care of. And I was like, what? Someone who heard our conversation said, we need more of that in the world. And they bought our lunch. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Isn't that so true? We were discussing ministry and, of course, whoever heard us talking, we're both pastors in town and we're talking about what it means to be a pastor and, and the specific challenges that we have, not just in our churches, but in the world and how we're trying to rise up and meet that world and how we're trying to follow that narrow way. That was our conversation. Hey, what's the narrow way for you? How difficult has this been? And then grace just appeared. Now, Julie and I are also friends with Dan and Beth Crandall at Belgrade Avenue. I really believe in collegiality, working together. You have friends at the other United Methodist churches in town, don't you? You have friends at the other churches in town, the Lutheran churches and the Catholic church and other places, right? We gotta work together we got to really work together. Why? Because the wide road is easy. Much harder to work together. Much hard. But it's so encouraging, isn't it? God's grace shows up when we travel that narrow way. And one more thing I need to tell you. If you want to know this narrow way, if you want to experience this grace yourself, and you've heard of this thing at Hilltop called Walk to a Mass. You've heard of that, right? Have you ever heard of that, Walk to a Mass? I have to tell you, we have two retreats coming up. And I was just recently selected as the spiritual director for the men's walk this fall. So if you want to come with Pastor Matt on a retreat, want to experience the narrow way, experience God's grace for yourself, and hang out with Pastor Matt for the weekend, I'll be leading along with the lay director the men's walk. And if you want to know more about that, it's this fall. I'm not going to do more than that. Just send me an email. I'll tell you more about it. Send me an email. Give me a call. I'll let you know when and where and what the details are about that. But it's a way for each of us to experience God's grace in a new way, to find that narrow path. All right. We're going to conclude this sermon series soon. (laughs) So we're going to end right there. We've only got a few more verses to go, and we'll pick it up again in two weeks. Thanks for listening to another podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Don't forget to visit us online at MankatoHilltop.org.